on repentance by tertullian this is a librivox recording all librivox recordings are in the public domain for more information or to volunteer please visit LibriVox.org. repentance men understand so far as nature is able to be an emotion of the mind arising from disgust at some previously cherished worst sentiment that kind of men i mean which even we ourselves were in days gone by blind without the lord's light from the reason of repentance however they are just as far as they are from the author of reason himself reason in fact is a thing of god inasmuch as there is nothing which god the maker of all has not provided disposed ordained by reason nothing which he has not willed should be handled and understood by reason all therefore who are ignorant of god must necessarily be ignorant also of a thing which is his because no treasure house at all is accessible to strangers and thus voyaging all the universal course of life without the rudder of reason they know not how to shun the hurricane which is impending over the world moreover how irrationally they behave in the practice of repentance it will be enough briefly to show just by this one fact that they exercise it even in the case of their good deeds they repent of good faith of love of simple-heartedness of patience of mercy just in proportion as any deed prompted by these feelings has fallen on thankless soil they execrate their own selves for having done good and that species chiefly of repentance which is applied to the best works they fix in their heart making it their care to remember never again to do a good turn on repentance for evil deeds on the contrary they lay lighter stress in short they make this same virtue a means of sinning more readily than a means of right doing but if they acted as men who had any part in god and thereby in reason also they would first weigh well the importance of repentance and would never apply it in such a way as to make it a ground for convicting themselves of perverse self-amendment in short they would regulate the limit of their repentance because they would reach a limit in sinning too by fearing god i mean but where there is no fear in like manner there is no amendment where there is no amendment repentance is of necessity vain for it lacks the fruit for which god sowed it that is man's salvation for god after so many and so great sins of human temerity begun by the first of the race adam after the condemnation of man together with the dowry of the world after his ejection from paradise and subjugation to death when he had hasted back to his own mercy did from that time onward inaugurate repentance in his own self by rescinding the sentence of his first wrath engaging to grant pardon to his own work and image and so he gathered together a people for himself and fostered them with many liberal distributions of his bounty and after so often finding them most ungrateful ever exhorted them to repentance and sent out the voices of the universal company of the prophets to prophesy by and by promising freely the grace which in the last times he was intending to pour as a flood of light on the universal world through his spirit he bade the baptism of repentance lead the way with the view of first preparing by means of the sign and seal of repentance them whom he was calling through grace to inherit the promise surely made to abraham john holds not his peace saying enter upon repentance 
for now shall salvation approach the nations the lord that is bringing salvation according to god's promise to him john as his harbinger directed the repentance which he preached whose province was the purging of men's minds that whatever defilement inveterate error had imparted whatever contamination in the heart of man ignorance had engendered that repentance should sweep and scrape away and cast out of doors and thus prepare the home of the heart by making it clean for the holy spirit who was about to supervene that he might with pleasure introduce himself there into together with his celestial blessings of these blessings the title is briefly one the salvation of man the abolition of former sins being the preliminary step this is the final cause of repentance this her work in taking in hand the business of divine mercy what is profitable to man does service to god the rule of repentance however which we learn when we know the lord retains a definite form viz that no violent hands so to speak be ever laid on good deeds or thoughts for god never giving his sanction to the reprobation of good deeds inasmuch as they are his own of which being the author he must necessarily be the defender too is in like manner the acceptor of them and if the acceptor likewise the rewarder let then the ingratitude of men see to it if it attaches repentance even to good works let their gratitude see to it too if the desire of earning it be the incentive to well-doing earthly and mortal are they each for how small is your gain if you do good to a grateful man or your loss if to an ungrateful a good deed has god as its debtor just as an evil has two for a judge is rewarder of every cause well since god as judge presides over the exacting and maintaining of justice which to him is most dear and since it is with an eye to justice that he appoints all the sum of his discipline is there room for doubting that just as in all our acts universally so also in the case of repentance justice must be rendered to god which duty can indeed only be fulfilled on the condition that repentance be brought to bear only on sins further no deed but an evil one deserves to be called sin nor does any one err by well-doing but if he does not err why does he invade the province of repentance the private ground of such as do err why does he impose on his goodness a duty proper to wickedness thus it comes to pass that when a good thing is called into play where it ought not there where it ought it is neglected what things then they be for which repentance seems just and due that is what things are to be set down under the head of sin the occasion indeed demands that i should note down but to do so may seem to be unnecessary for when the lord is known our spirit having been looked back upon by its own author emerges unbidden into the knowledge of the truth and being admitted to an acquaintance with the divine precepts is by them forthwith instructed that that from which god bids us abstain is to be accounted sin inasmuch as since it is generally agreed that god is some great essence of good of course nothing but evil would be displeasing to good in that between things mutually contrary friendship there is none still it will not be irksome briefly to touch upon the fact that of sins some are carnal that is corporal some spiritual 
for since man is composed of this combination of a twofold substance the sources of his sins are no other than the sources of his composition but it is not the fact that body and spirit are two things that constitute the sins mutually different otherwise they are on this account rather equal because the two make up one lest any make the distinction between their sins proportionate to the difference between their substances so as to esteem the one lighter or else heavier than the other if it be true as it is that both flesh and spirit are creatures of god one wrought by his hand one consummated by his afflatus since then they equally pertain to the lord whichever of them sins equally offends the lord is it for you to distinguish the acts of the flesh and the spirit whose communion and conjunction in life in death and in resurrection are so intimate that at that time they are equally raised up either for life or else for judgment because to wit they have equally either sinned or lived innocently this we would once for all premise in order that we may understand that no less necessity for repentance is incumbent on either part of man if in anything it have sinned than on both the guilt of both is common common too is the judge god to wit common therefore is with all the healing medicine of repentance the source whence sins are named spiritual and corporal is the fact that every sin is matter either of act or else of thought so that what is indeed is corporal because a deed like a body is capable of being seen and touched what is in the mind is spiritual because spirit is neither seen nor handled by which consideration is shown that sins not of deed only but of will too are to be shunned and by repentance purged for if human finitude judges only sins of deed because it is not equal to piercing the lurking places of the will let us not on that account make light of crimes of the will in god's sight god is all-sufficient nothing from whence any sin whatsoever proceeds is remote from his sight because he is neither ignorant nor does he omit to decree into judgment he is no dissembler of nor double-dealer with his own clear-sightedness what shall we say of the fact that will is the origin of deed for if any sins are imputed to chance or to necessity or to ignorance let them see to themselves if these be accepted there is no sinning save by will since then will is the origin of deed is it not so much the rather amenable to penalty as it is first in guilt nor if some difficulty interferes with its full accomplishment is it even in that ease exonerated for it is itself imputed to itself nor having done the work which lay in its own power will it be excusable by reason of that miscarriage of its accomplishment in fact how does the lord demonstrate himself as adding a superstructure to the law except by interdicting sins of the will as well as other sins while he defines not only the man who had actually invaded another's wedlock to be an adulterer but likewise him who had contaminated a woman by the concupiscence of his gaze accordingly it is dangerous enough for the mind to set before itself what it is forbidden to perform and rashly through the will to perfect its execution and since the power of this will is such that even without fully sating its self-gratification it stands for a deed as a deed therefore it shall be punished it is utterly vain to say i willed but yet i did not 
Rather, you ought to carry the thing through because you will, or else not to will because you do not carry it through. But by the confession of your consciousness, you pronounce your own condemnation. For if you eagerly desired a good thing, you would have been anxious to carry it through. In like manner, as you do not carry an evil thing through, you ought not to have eagerly desired it. Wherever you take your stand, you are fast bound by guilt, because you have either willed evil or else have not fulfilled good. To all sins then, committed whether by the flesh or spirit, whether by deed or will, the same God who is destined penalty by means of judgment has withal engaged to grant pardon by means of repentance, saying to the people, Repent thee, and I will save thee. And again, I live, saith the Lord, and I will have repentance rather than death. Repentance then is life, since it is preferred to death. That repentance, O sinner, like myself, nay, rather, less than myself, for preeminence in sins I acknowledge to be mine, do you so hasten to, so embrace, as a shipwrecked man the protection of some plank. This will draw you forth when sunk in the waves of sins, and will bear you forward into the port of the divine clemency. Seize the opportunity of unexpected felicity, that you, who some time were in God's sight, nothing but a drop of a bucket, and dust of the threshing floor, and a potter's vessel may thenceforward become that tree which is sown beside the waters is perennial in leaves bears fruit at its own time and shall not see fire nor axe having found the truth repent of errors repent of having loved what god loves not even we ourselves do not permit our slave lads not to hate the things which are offensive to us for the principle of voluntary obedience consists in similarity of minds to reckon upon the good of repentance, the subject matter is copious, and therefore should be committed to great eloquence. Let us, however, in proportion to our narrow abilities, inculcate one point, that what God enjoins is good and best. I hold it audacity to dispute about the good of a divine precept, for, indeed, it is not the fact that it is good which binds us to obey, but the fact that God has enjoined it. To exact the rendering of obedience, the majesty of divine power has the prior right. The authority of him who commands is prior to the utility of him who serves. Is it good to repent or no? Why do you ponder? God enjoins. Nay, he not merely enjoins, but likewise exhorts. He invites by offering reward, salvation, to wit, even by an oath, saying, I live. He desires that credence may be given him. O blessed we! for whose sake God swears, O most miserable, if we believe not the Lord, even when he swears. What, therefore, God so highly commends, what he even, after human fashion, attests on oath, we are bound, of course, to approach, and to guard with the utmost seriousness, that, abiding permanently in the faith of the solemn pledge of divine grace, we may be able also to persevere in like manner in its fruit and its benefit. For what I say is this, that the repentance, which, being shown us and commanded us through God's grace, recalls us to grace with the Lord, when once learned and undertaken by us, ought never afterwards to be cancelled by repetition of sin. No pretext of ignorance now remains to plead on your behalf, in that, after acknowledging the Lord and accepting his precepts, in short, 
after engaging in repentance of past sins, you again betake yourself to sins. Thus, in as far as you are removed from ignorance, in so far are you cemented to contumacy. For if the ground on which you had repented of having sinned was that you had begun to fear the Lord, why have you preferred to rescind what you did for fear's sake, except because you have ceased to fear? For there is no other thing but contumacy which subverts fear, since there is no exception which defends from liability to penalty, even such as are ignorant of the Lord, because ignorance of God, openly as he is set before men, and comprehensible as he is even on the score of his heavenly benefits, is not possible. How perilous is it for him to be despised when known! Now that man does despise him, who, after attaining by his help to an understanding of things good and evil, offers an affront to his own understanding, that is, to God's gift, by resuming what he understands ought to be shunned, and what he has already shunned. He rejects the giver in abandoning the gift. He denies the benefactor in not honoring the benefit. How can he be pleasing to him whose gift is displeasing to himself? Thus he is shown to be not only contumacious toward the Lord, but likewise ungrateful. Besides, that man commits no light sin against the Lord, who, after he had by repentance renounced his rival, the devil, and had, under this appellation, subjected him to the Lord, again abrases him by his own return to the enemy, and makes himself a ground of exaltation to him, so that the evil one, with his prey recovered, rejoices anew against the Lord. Does he not, what is perilous even to say, but must be put forward with a view to edification, place the devil before the Lord? For he seems to have made the comparison who has known each, and to have judicially pronounced him to be the better whose servant he has preferred again to be. Thus he, who, through repentance for sins, had begun to make satisfaction to the Lord, will, through another repentance of his repentance, make satisfaction to the devil, and will be the more hateful to God in proportion as he will be the more acceptable to his rival. But some say that God is satisfied if he be looked up to with the heart and the mind, even if this be not done in outward act, and that thus they sin without damage to their fear and their faith, that is, that they violate wedlock without damage to their chastity. They mingle poison for their parent without damage to their filial duty. Thus, then, they will themselves withal be thrust down into hell without damage to their pardon, while they sin without damage to their fear. Here is a primary example of perversity. They sin because they fear. I suppose, if they feared not, they would not sin. Let him, therefore, who would not have God offended not revere him at all, if fear is the plea for offending. But these dispositions have been wont to sprout from the seed of hypocrites, whose friendship with the devil is indivisible, whose repentance never faithful. Whatever, then, our poor ability has attempted to suggest with reference to laying hold of repentance once for all, and perpetually retaining it, does indeed bear upon all who are given up to the Lord as being all competitors for salvation and earning the favor of God. 
but is chiefly urgent in the case of those young novices who are only just beginning to bedew their ears with divine discourses and who as whelps in yet early infancy and with eyes not yet perfect creep about uncertainly and say indeed that they renounce their former deed and assume the profession of repentance but neglect to complete it for the very end of desiring importunes them to desire somewhat of their former deeds just as fruits when they are already beginning to turn into the sourness or bitterness of age do yet still in some part flatter their own loveliness moreover a presumptuous confidence in baptism introduces all kinds of vicious delay and turgiversation with regard to repentance for feeling sure of undoubted pardon of their sins men meanwhile steer their intervening time and make it for themselves into a holiday time for sinning rather than a time for learning not to sin further how inconsistent is it to expect pardon of sins to be granted to a repentance which they have not fulfilled this is to hold out your hand for merchandise but not produce the price for repentance is the price at which the lord has determined to award pardon he proposes the redemption of release from penalty at this compensating exchange of repentance if then sellers first examine the coin with which they make their bargains to see whether it be cut or scraped or adulterated we believe likewise that the lord when about to make us the grant of so costly merchandise even of eternal life first institutes a probation of our repentance but meanwhile let us defer the reality of our repentance it will then i suppose be clear that we are amended when we are absolved by no means but our amendment should be manifested while pardon being in abeyance there is still a prospect of penalty while the penitent does not yet merit so far as merit we can his liberation while god is threatening not while he is forgiving for what slave after his position has been changed by reception of freedom charges himself with his past thefts and desertions what soldier after his discharge makes satisfaction of his former brands a sinner is bound to bemoan himself before receiving pardon because the time of repentance is coincident with that of peril and of fear not that i deny that the divine benefit the putting away of sins i mean is in every way sure to such as are on the point of entering the baptismal water but what we have to labor for is that it may be granted us to attain that blessing for who will grant to you a man of so faithless repentance one single sprinkling of any water whatever to approach it by stealth indeed and to get the minister appointed over this business misled by your asservations is easy but god takes foresight for his own treasure and suffers not the unworthy to steal a march upon it what in fact does he say nothing hid which shall not be revealed draw whatever veil of darkness you please over your deeds god is light but some think as if god were under a necessity of bestowing even on the unworthy what he has engaged to give and they turn his liberality into slavery but if it is of necessity that god grants us the symbol of death then he does so unwillingly 
but who permits a gift to be permanently retained which he has granted unwillingly for do not many afterward fall out of grace is not this gift taken away from many these no doubt are they who do steal a march upon the treasure who after approaching to the faith of repentance set up on the sands a house doomed to ruin let no one then flatter himself on the ground of being assigned to the recruit classes of learners as if on that account he have a license even now to sin as soon as you quote, know the lord end quote, you should fear him as soon as you have gazed on him you should reverence him but what difference does your quote, knowing end quote, him make while you rest in the same practices as in days bygone when you knew him not what moreover is it which distinguishes you from a perfected servant of god is there one christ for the baptized another for the learners have they some different hope or reward some different dread of judgment some different necessity for repentance that baptismal washing is a sealing of faith which faith is begun and is commended by the faith of repentance we are not washed in order that we may cease sinning but because we have ceased since in heart we have been bathed already for the first baptism of a learner is this a perfect fear thenceforward in so far as you have understanding the lord faith is sound the conscience having once for all embraced repentance otherwise if it is only after the baptismal waters that we cease sinning it is of necessity not of free will that we put on innocence who then is preeminent in goodness he who is not allowed or he whom it displeases to be evil he who is bidden or he that pleasure it is to be free from crime let us then neither keep our hands from theft unless the hardness of bars withstand us nor refrain our eyes from the concupiscence of fornication unless we be withdrawn by guardians of our persons if no one who has surrendered himself to the lord is to cease sinning unless he be bound thereto by baptism but if any entertain this sentiment i know not whether he after baptism do not feel more sadness to think that he has ceased from sinning than gladness that he hath escaped from it and so it is becoming that learners desire baptism but do not hastily receive it for he who desires it honors it he who hastily receives it disdains it in the one appears modesty in the other arrogance the former satisfies the latter neglects it the former covets to merit it but the latter promises it to himself as a due return the former takes the latter usurps it whom would you judge worthier except one who is more amended who more amended except one who is more timid and on that account has fulfilled the duty of true repentance for he has feared to continue still in sin lest he should not merit the reception of baptism but the hasty receiver inasmuch as he promised it himself as his due being forsooth secure of obtaining it could not fear thus he fulfilled not repentance either because he lacked the instrumental agent of repentance that is fear hasty reception is the portion of irreverence 
it inflates the seeker it despises the giver and thus it sometimes deceives for it promises to itself the gift before it be due whereby he who is to furnish the gift is ever offended so long lord christ may the blessing of learning or hearing concerning the discipline of repentance be granted to thy servants as is likewise behoves them while learners not to sin in other words may they thereafter know nothing of repentance and require nothing of it it is irksome to append mention of a second nay in that case the last hope lest by treating of a remedial repenting yet in reserve we seem to be pointing to a yet further space for sinning far be it that any one so interpret our meaning as if because there is an opening for repenting there were even now on that account an opening for sinning and as if the redundance of celestial clemency constituted a license for human termity let no one be less good because god is more so by repeating his sin as often as he is forgiven otherwise be sure he will find an end of escaping when he shall not find one of sinning we have escaped once thus far and no farther let us commit ourselves to perils even if we seem likely to escape a second time men in general after escaping shipwreck thenceforward declare divorce with ship and sea and by cherishing the memory of the danger honour the benefit conferred by god their deliverance namely i praise their fear i love their reverence they are unwilling a second time to be a burden to the divine mercy they fear to seem to trample on the benefit which they have attained they shun with a solicitude which at all events is good to make trial a second time of that which they have once learned to fear thus the limit of their temerity is the evidence of their fear moreover man's fear is an honour to god but however that most stubborn foe of ours never gives his malice leisure indeed he is then most savage when he fully feels that a man is freed from his clutches he then flames fiercest while he is fast becoming extinguished grieve and groan he must of necessity over the fact that by the grant of pardon so many works of death in man have been overthrown so many marks of the condemnation which formerly was his own erased he grieves that sinner now christ's servant is destined to judge him in the angels and so he observes assaults besieges him in the hope that he may be able in some way either to strike his eyes with carnal concupiscence or else to entangle his mind with worldly enticements or else to subvert his faith by fear of earthly power or else to wrest him from the sure way by perverse traditions he is never deficient in stumbling blocks nor in temptations these poisons of his therefore god foreseeing although the gate of forgiveness has been shut and fastened up with the bar of baptism has permitted it still to stand somewhat open in the vestibule he has stationed the second repentance for opening to such as knock but now once for all because now for the second time but never more because the last time it had been in vain for is not even this once enough you have what you now deserve not for you had lost what you had received if the lord's indulgence grants you the means of restoring what you had lost be thankful for the benefit renewed 
not to say amplified for restoring is a greater thing than giving inasmuch as having lost is more miserable than never having received at all however if any do incur the debt of a second repentance his spirit is not to be forthwith cut down and undermined by despair let it by all means be irksome to sin again but let not to repent again be irksome irksome to imperil one's self again but not to be again set free let none be ashamed repeated sickness must have repeated medicine you will show your gratitude to the lord by not refusing what the lord offers you you have offended but can still be reconciled you have one whom you may satisfy and him willing this if you doubt unravel the meaning of what the spirit saith to the churches he imputes to the ephesians forsaken love reproaches the thyatirians with fornication and eating of things sacrificed to idols accuses the sardians of works not full censures the pergamines for teaching perverse things upbraids the laodiceans for trusting to their riches and yet gives them all general monitions to repentance under commendations it is true but he would not utter commendations to one unrepentant if he did not forgive the repentant the matter were doubtful if he had not withal elsewhere demonstrated this profusion of his clemency saith he not he who hath fallen shall rise again and he who hath been averted shall be converted he it is indeed who would have mercy rather than sacrifices the heavens and the angels who are there are glad at a man's repentance ho you sinner be of good cheer you see where it is that there is joy at your return what meaning for us have those themes of the lord's parables is not the fact that a woman has lost a drachma and seeks it and finds it and invites her female friends to share her joy an example of a restored sinner there strays withal one little ewe of the shepherds but the flock was not more dear than the one that one is earnestly sought the one is longed for instead of all and at length she is found and is borne back on the shoulders of the shepherd himself for much had she toiled in straying that most gentle father likewise i will not pass over in silence who calls his prodigal son home and willingly receives him repentant after his indignance slays his best fatted calf and graces his joy with a banquet why not he had found the son whom he had lost he had felt him to be all the dearer of whom he had made a gain who is the father to be understood by us to be god surely no one is so truly a father no one so rich in paternal love he then will receive you his own son back even if you have squandered what you had received from him even if you return naked just because you have returned and will joy moreover your return than over the sobriety of the other but only if you heartily repent if you compare your own hunger with the plenty of your father's hired servants if you leave behind you the swine that unclean herd if you again seek your father offended though he be saying i have sinned nor am i worthy any longer to be called thine 
confession of sins lightens as much as dissimulation aggravates them for confession is counselled by a desire to make satisfaction dissimulation by contumacy the narrower then the sphere of action of the second and only remaining repentance the more laborious is its probation in order that it may not be exhibited in the conscience alone but may likewise be carried out in some external act this act which is more usually expressed and commonly spoken of under a greek name is greek under confession whereby we confess our sins to the lord not indeed as if he were ignorant of them but inasmuch as by confession satisfaction is settled on confession repentance is born by repentance god is appeased and thus exmologesis is a discipline for man's prostration and humiliation enjoining a demeanour calculated to move mercy with regard also to the very dress and food it commands the penitent to lie in sackcloth and ashes to cover his body in mourning to lay his spirit low in sorrows to exchange for severe treatment the sins which he has committed moreover to know no food and drink but such as is plain not for the stomach's sake to wit but the souls for the most part however to feed prayers on fastings to groan to weep and make outcries unto the lord your god to bow before the feet of the presbyters and kneel to god's dear ones to enjoin on all the brethren to be ambassadors to bear his deprecatory supplication before god all this exomologesis does that it may enhance repentance may honour god by its fear of the incurred danger may by itself pronouncing against the sinner stand in the stead of god's indignation and by temporal mortification i will not say frustrate but expunge eternal punishments therefore while it abases the man it raises him while it covers him with squalor it renders him more clean while it accuses it excuses while it condemns it absolves the less quarter you give yourself the more believe me god will give you yet most men either shun this work as being a public exposure of themselves or else defer it from day to day i presume as being more mindful of modesty than of salvation just like men who having contracted some malady in the more private parts of the body avoid the privity of physicians and so perish with their own bashfulness it is intolerable forsooth to modesty to make satisfaction to the offended lord to be restored to its forfeited salvation truly you are honourable in your modesty bearing an open forehead for sinning but an abashed one for deprecating i give no place to bashfulness when i am a gainer by its loss when itself in some sorts exhorts the man saying respect not me it is better that i perish through you i e than you through me at all events the time when if ever its danger is serious is when it is a butt for jeering speech in the presence of insulters where one man raises himself on his neighbour's ruin where there is upward clambering over the prostrate but among brethren and fellow-servants where there is common hope fear joy grief suffering because there is a common spirit from a common lord and father why do you think these brothers to be anything other than yourself 
why flee from the partners of your own mischances as from such as will deservedly cheer them the body cannot feel gladness at the trouble of any one member it must necessarily join with one consent in the grief and in laboring for the remedy in a company of two is the church but the church is christ when then you cast yourself at the brethren's knees you are handling christ you are entreating christ in like manner when they shed tears over you it is christ who suffers christ who prays the father for mercy what a son asks is ever easily obtained grand indeed is the reward of modesty which the concealment of our fault promises us to wit if we do hide somewhat from the knowledge of man shall we equally conceal it from god are the judgment of man and the knowledge of god so put upon a par is it better to be damned in secret than absolved in public but you say it is a miserable thing thus to come to exmologesis yes for evil does bring to misery but where repentance is to be made the misery ceases because it is turned into something salutary miserable it is to be cut and cauterized and racked with the pungency of some medicinal powder still the things which heal by unpleasant means do by the benefit of the cure excuse their own offensiveness and make present injury bearable for the sake of the advantage to supervene what if besides the shame which they make the most account of men dread likewise the bodily inconveniences in that unwashed and sordidly attired estranged from gladness they must spend their time in the roughness of sackcloth and the horridness of ashes and the sunkenness of face caused by fasting is it then becoming for us to supplicate for our sins in scarlet and purple hasten hither with the pin for parting the hair and the powder for polishing the teeth and some forked implement of steel or brass for cleaning the nails whatever of false brilliance whatever of feigned redness is to be had let him diligently apply it to his lips or cheeks let him furthermore seek out baths of more genial temperature in some gardened or seaside retreat let him enlarge his expenses let him carefully seek the rarest delicacy of fattened fowls let him refine his old wine and when any shall ask him on whom are you lavishing all this let him say i have sinned against god and am in peril of eternally perishing and so now i am drooping and wasting and torturing myself that i may reconcile god to myself whom by sinning i have offended why they who go about canvassing for the obtaining of civil office feel it neither degrading nor irksome to struggle in behalf of such their desires with annoyances to soul and body and not annoyances merely but likewise contumelies of all kinds what meannesses of dress do they not affect what houses do they not beset with early and late visits bowing whenever they meet any high personage frequenting no banquets associating in no entertainments but voluntarily exiled from the felicity of freedom and festivity and all that for the sake of the fleeting joy of a single year do we hesitate when eternity is at stake to endure what the competitor for consulship or praetorship puts up with 
and shall we be tardy in offering to the offended lord a self-chastisement in food and raiment which gentiles lay upon themselves when they have offended no one at all such are they of whom scripture makes mention woe to them who bind their own sins as it were with a long rope if you shrink back from exomologesis consider in your heart the hell which exomologesis will extinguish for you and imagine first the magnitude of the penalty that you may not hesitate about the adoption of the remedy what do we esteem the treasure-house of eternal fire to be when small vent-holes of it rouse such blasts of flames that neighboring cities either are already no more or are in daily expectation of the same fate the haughtiest mountains start asunder in the birth-throes of their inly gendered fire and which proves to us the perpetuity of the judgment though they start asunder though they be devoured yet come they never to an end who will not account these occasional punishments inflicted on the mountains as examples of the judgment which menaces the impenitent who will not agree that such sparks are but some few missiles and sportive darts of some inestimably vast centre of fire therefore since you know that after the first bulwarks of the lord's baptism there still remains for you in exomologesis a second reserve of aid against hell why do you desert your own salvation why are you tardy to approach what you know heals you even dumb irrational animals recognize in their time of need the medicines which have been divinely assigned them the stag transfixed by the arrow knows that to force out the steel and its extricable lingerings he must heal himself with dittany the swallow if she blinds her young knows how to give them eyes again by means of her own swallow wart shall the sinner knowing that exomologesis has been instituted by the lord for his restoration pass that by which restored the babylonian king to his realms long time had he offered to the lord his repentance working out his exomologesis by seven years squalor with his nails wildly growing after the eagle's fashion and his unkempt hair wearing the shagginess of a lion hard handling him whom men were shuddering at god was receiving back but on the other hand the egyptian emperor who after pursuing the once afflicted people of god long denied to their lord rushed into the battle did after so many warning plagues perish in the parted sea which was permitted to be passable to the people alone by the backward roll of the waves for repentance and her handmaid exomologesis he had cast away why should i add more touching these two planks as it were of human salvation caring more for the busyness of the pen than the duty of my conscience for sinner as i am every day and born for nothing save repentance i cannot easily be silent about that concerning which also the very head and fount of the human race and of human offence adam restored by exomologesis to his own paradise is not silent End of On Repentance by Tertullian